0: Hello and welcome back to the CareerCast. In this episode, I sit down with Salesforce Solution Architect, Christian Jorgensen. With nearly a decade of combined experience as a Salesforce end-user, consultant, and solution architect, Christian brings a wealth of knowledge to the table. We talk about his book, Salesforce End-to-End Implementation. We talk about the inspiration behind the book, change management, the future of Salesforce and AI. A lot of good stuff in this episode, guys. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Welcome back to the CareerCast. I'm joined today by Christian Jorgensen, author of Salesforce End-to-End Implementation Handbook. Uh, Christian, thanks for joining the show. This is thank you exciting. so much
1: for having me. It's a it's an honor.
0: Let's let's jump into your book. Uh, you know, a high level overview is who, who'd you write this book for? I think it came out last year. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, yeah, I started reading through it, and it, it you talk about things that are directly applicable. It's not something that is. Um, you know, a lot of Salesforce books or, you know, reference books in general. It's one of those things where um, you have to get to a certain point and then you can implement it. This is one of those books where you can kind of pick it up and that, that day kind of use some of the stuff that you talk about. So um, tell us about your book and how, how that got in. Absolutely.
1: Started. So I'll, I'll start with your, the beginning of your question, right? So who did I write it for? <clears throat> and I'll start somewhere else about why, why I came up with the idea and what i thought uh, it would help with Um, so i've been doing salesforce for about 10 years uh, five years at companies organizations that were about to or were already implementing and then five years in consulting so seen it from the side of the implementation partner helping organizations implement and i have all those books that you are talking about that that are there right the the specific cloud implementation handbook or the architecture handbooks um uh, and they're great uh, but what i felt was uh, was lacking or missing or would be helpful was a a view from the customer perspective about the overall picture so if i'm about to implement or am implementing typically you're in a different phase uh, so what sort of things do you go through or should you go through when you're considering starting up your project or program so that starts with defining your vision what do you want your project or implementation to achieve uh, and then it goes into the nature of what you actually want to have your implementation support in terms of capabilities across sales service marketing or what have you because you can do many things on the platform Uh, I cover different delivery methodologies you can consider uh, to have uh, for your implementation and then into change management and communication strategy and then finally about the financial aspect Um, how do you convince your company's leadership to invest in salesforce so how do you prepare a business case what should it contain and then lastly in the pre-development phase still how do you interact with implementation partners how do you find out who is a good fit Um, and how do you communicate with salesforce about licensing and so forth so that that's the whole pre-development part that most books don't cover uh, because they are typically more focused on the implementation part Um, but i thought that that's something valuable um, for A customer company considering implementing or just adding a new project to their portfolio so it's really for uh, customers who or organizations that are considering uh, implementing salesforce and it could be different roles right it could be it leadership it could be a product owner it could be uh, the pmo because it also goes about how do you organize and orchestrate your program and project right
0: It sounds like this would be useful for somebody. I'm just looking at the book now uh, on the other screen. So I'm looking at um, in the pre-development phase, you have chapter two, defining the nature of your Salesforce project. So, you know, what are we trying to do? Um, I think it would be interesting to have for somebody that's in a pre-sale to have this book in front of them, right? I mean, to your point, a lot of books don't have this. It's like, it's assumed that you're already in mid-project and you're trying to do something, right? Because I I, I was thinking like this book would pay for itself in the sense of avoiding a Salesforce project, getting three, six months down the line and realizing that this was the wrong solution. Or
1: forgetting the whole front bit, which is key, right? Because if you don't define in the beginning what you want to achieve, how are you going to measure success uh, when you implement and afterwards, right? Good point.
0: You said you've been in Salesforce for give or take 10 years. Uh, this book came from lessons learned, maybe not, uh, looking back. It was not a good, <laughs> maybe something went wrong and you were like, okay, then let's uh, fix it. Is that how this Yeah, came? absolutely.
1: And that, and that's a big, uh, big part of the book. I would say there are four parts and each part has a section or chapter called common issues, uh, in the XX phase, right? Whether it's pre-development development rollout or the continuous improvement phase, which is the last part. Um, so there, there's a chapter around common issues you may encounter in this phase and uh, strategies for how to mitigate if you're already in it or how to prevent it if you have time uh, to do so uh, if you pick up the, on the issue uh, early on, right? So. Yeah, so it was uh, largely uh, an experience based uh, method for how I, uh, what I experienced and what I've seen work and not work. Uh, and then that's, uh, th- I developed that into the overall framework for an implementation approach, right?
0: In your book, you have uh, little sections called important notes. And here's one right here. Um, <clears throat> your role as part of the Salesforce task force should not be to produce the analysis output but to consolidate and understand what overarching forces drive your company's imperative for change. Um, I mean, that should be in like big, bold, I'm reading sure. PDF, so big, big red letters, right? I mean, that, that's such a great yeah. note, um, but your book's full of yeah. stuff like and that. And I think
1: that particular one is probably from chapter one uh, in the pre-development <laughs> yep. phase um, where I, I talk about the concept of uh, dedicating a Salesforce task force to drive, the uh, pre-development uh, analysis of what are they trying to achieve, right? Uh, and ideally, that task force has someone from the business side because most projects that are successful are driven by the business. Or let's say it could be if it's a government or an NGO, should be driven by the people who are at the front line who are going to be effectively the users uh, of the solution. Then there should also be someone from the tech side and then someone from PMO or project management who keeping it all together, right? Um, and I think my the point I'm trying to make in that important note box is while they are the ones driving it, they are not necessarily the three people doing all the work or executing all the analysis, but it's their responsibility to make sure everything important is captured, right?
0: What, what advice would you give to a Salesforce newcomer? I think we mentioned before, um you know, who, who should read this book, who, who can read this book, right?
1: Um, yeah, great question. So I, I definitely uh, it's not, uh, let's say, uh, tech heavy. Uh, you won't find a line of code in it. it. It's not that type of book, right? It is for people who want to understand. Uh, I have a role as a BA or a Dev or QA or PO, whatever it may be. How does my role fit in the overall project or program that I'm part of? Um, so people who are interested in understanding that bigger picture and what has gone on before they may have become part of the implementation project as it is and what is to come later on um, in the project or program. Um, absolutely, it's for it's for anyone who who is uh, curious about how their role fits within the the wider picture. Right.
0: Yeah, and again, I have your book pulled up so. I apologize, but this is good stuff. So there's another uh, like a section called tip. Um, I'm just going to read this one, too, because I think it's good. As a general rule of thumb, when a capability is developed, tested and ready for use, prioritize rolling it out for feedback as soon as possible. Can you elaborate on that? And why why would someone have that uh, view
1: versus getting it out? And and I think that one is specifically around um, you have different options uh, when you want to roll out um, different facing approaches. So typically, we would say we recommend a phased approach rather than a big bang approach. And you can you have two different options, uh, two different ways you can face. So you can either do it by geography, uh, or you can do it by let's say domain, sales, or service, or something else. Um, The general rule of thumb is if you have a capability that you have built, um, once you have it uh, developed, you want to make sure that the intended users, uh, in the long run, you should get it out to them as quick as possible. Because any solution just sitting still, not being used, uh, is going to become irrelevant at some point in the future, or it will at least not live up to the the current day's uh, requirements. Uh, So that's what, what it's really about. Uh, even though you can do phased approaches, and sometimes that's a, a practicality that you have to live with, the general rule is get it out as quick as possible.
0: We deal at higher echelon. We have um, we we deal, with, we deal with change management, um, and there's a, you actually talk about it in, in that same exact chapter. Um, can you can you elaborate on change management and um, what what kind of what you mean by yeah. that?
1: So. <clears throat> Salesforce implementations are commonly viewed as, excuse me a bit, um, as tech projects, right? Um, And they are, uh, they are changing uh, what tech is used for serving customers or automating processes, helping sales or uh, marketing, what have you. Um, But at the end of the day, that's just one aspect. Um, You're typically also changing processes for some people who are used to working in a in a certain way so unless you are really clear on what personas what people in the organization is what you're doing impacting and assessing the current way of working versus the new proposed way of working unless you're really clear on that early on uh, how are you going to get the people with you on the journey getting them excited alleviating fears um, and having them be part of the project Also in the requirements phase uh, and along the way, ideally through sprints and show and tell so you can get feedback and validate that you're on the right track. Um, So all of that is change management. Some people say, oh, it's training. That's where we do change management. That would be like hockey stick uh, change management, right? You leave it all to the end and you have a big scary uh, training phase or UAT. But the more you can do in the early on involving uh, target end users or at least representatives uh, of the end users, that way you can alleviate some of all that uh, burden and risk to the end if you nip it uh, nip it in the butt, as they say um, by involving involving them earlier right?
0: What does the future of Salesforce look like, I guess from your point of view? Do you kind of see? yourself and your clients embracing this, or is this something that's not really on your radar? Um,
1: it's absolutely on my radar and the, the company I work at and for everyone I see in the ecosystem. Right. So, um, I, I don't think it's really an if it's about uh, how much and how, um, I think, uh, companies uh, should absolutely embrace it and explore it. Uh, and that's probably a good description of the stage that we are in. Right. Um, I would also and that's what I do with clients I advise uh, them to look at the underlying problems they're trying to solve with ChatGPT or AI or whatever tech tool that you put after that right uh, is it essentially increasing productivity is it increasing sales uh, what what is the the objective and what's holding them back from that and then look at the processes and from there you can likely look at uh, what are some of the tried and tested ai tools already on the platform with the einstein suite because many things are already there that are driven by ai making things easier and faster and they are tried and tested mature capabilities on the platform um, whereas i'm not trying to say don't go with jet gpt or is it einstein gpt it's being called that uh, that new layer right absolutely explore it um but i just say I'm just saying, there's a, a maturity curve. Um, how how mature an org is, both from the the people perspective and the the tech perspective, because uh, you don't go from not having Salesforce to uh, implementing uh, something like uh, Einstein GPT. Um, th- there's a whole growth uh, path that you have to be on.
0: Yeah, you, you mentioned tools that are already <clears throat> already available, you know, in the system. So if I open that up to more general yep. sense, what do you have tools that you recommend that will help during an end end to end implementation, maybe tools that you've used in the past or maybe stuff you are playing, playing around with? Um,
1: then? yeah, well, we could spend a whole, uh, whole, uh, whole session talking about tools, right? Um, so I think a few key things are, uh, and it's not very sexy, but it's important. So documentation, um, and it, i i'd say the tooling is less important but it's important that you do it in a consistent way and you're able to have different diagrams that you use in for different stakeholder audiences um, so whether you lo- use uh, Lucidchart or visio or draw or whatever it is make sure you do it in a consistent fashion and that you target it to the audience that you're communicating with so that's a not that all documentation is is in those tools. Uh, then you would have a Jira or Confluence for for some more uh, documentation, and essentially the the Kanban board for Scrum. Um, and if depending on the the nature of the uh, the project or engagement you're in, um, you could look at the uh, Change uh, org Change Intelligence or Impact tools such as Elements Cloud or. Hubble or Metasoa, Um it really depends how, how is if it's a greenfield implementation where there's nothing yet that is maybe less critical in the beginning but as your org matures if you look at orgs that are 5 10 15 years old that have been heavily customized it can become really messy right so they having those tools in place uh, really becomes important And then I'd say for the whole uh, DevOps and release management and CICD, there's a whole suite of tools. And Salesforce have also come out with their Salesforce DevOps Center that you can extend and build upon. Uh, And I think knowing how uh, the chain sets are eventually going to become deprecated, uh, I think it's really important companies start to think about, okay, so what do we do then? Do we go with Salesforce DevOps Center? Do we choose another tool, which is, perhaps a lot more mature and tried and tested, so to say, but also minding the the internal capabilities because uh, not everyone has the luxury of having an implementation partner who is, uh, is uh, experienced and skilled in, in using those tools, right?
0: I would like you to put on your hiring hat. I don't know if you hire individuals, but um, if you do, this would make it even all the better. Somebody coming in, let's say you have a couple candidates, where do you kind of see how do you judge skill set versus um, are they going to be a good fit yeah. for your company? I know a lot of people, I don't know if it's just the nature of the ecosystem, but it's a, you're assumed if you get, <clears throat> excuse me, if you get certified that guarantees you a job mm. and, or at least some type of leverage, but Salesforce is getting rid of a lot of the barriers. Um, I know they just came out with a uh, trailhead coach. You know, you, you don't have to pay for a certification. You get vouchers, yeah. stuff like that. In your experience, would you say certifications matter more or less now? Mm, Good question. From a hiring perspective.
1: Mm, So definitely depends what kind of role, right? Um, And I'd say they should never stand alone. Um, uh, Mm. If someone is uh, new to the ecosystem, I'd say don't rush it. Um, I, I, I know it can be tempting to just get a lot of certs to prove that they are able to, and, and that's also okay. People learn in different ways, but if you have 10 certs, but you haven't really done any implementation, then, um, the risk is that you're, you're gonna forget it cuz you're not using it and you haven't mm. gotten the experience before you achieve the cert. So what, w- what's the point, right? Um, so from a hiring perspective, it's, it's more about what have you done? Um, where have you gotten your hands dirty, uh, your battle scars uh, and and so on? Because that's really what's gonna matter when you go to the next uh, engagement, uh, next project. Um, yeah, so I would say they're a, a nice to have and for certain roles, uh, very, very nice to have, but it cannot stand alone and it's not necessarily the most important thing.
0: It's more important I guess I would say if you're in the job market to build out a demo or some type of way to stand out rather than just leveraging your cert um, to your point, um, what where have you gotten your hands dirty? So it's very interesting. <clears throat> I think a lot of people, it's just human nature, I guess everyone LinkedIn's like a blessing and a curse because if you're on LinkedIn actively all the time, you kind of keep up with what everyone's doing. Um, It's all, it's also social media in general. It's like, Hey, hey, look at me type of thing. Um, So chapter four is securing funding and engaging with Salesforce and implementation partners. Securing funding is above my pay grade. So how would you, is there a way people like myself should read that chapter? Maybe not necessarily like, you know, even though it doesn't apply to you, you can still learn something from it.
1: Yeah. Um, I I think what everyone can learn from that uh, or that topic in general is to have an interest and idea of what what is trying to be achieved towards the end in the end, Um, because it talks about what are some of the KPIs that will be measuring the success of what we're doing, uh, whether it's reducing average handle time for customer service agents or it's increasing the number of leads or shortening the opportunity time from creation to closed uh, closed one, ideally. Or if it's increasing the, the, the win rate of opportunities or the average uh, deal size of opportunities. So once people know who are part of the implementation, know what are we trying to achieve, and that really also goes for the POs, then makes it a lot easier to prioritize when you get to the user stories. So this one, yeah, it'll help a little bit over here. Um, for some niche uh, not very common use case but it actually doesn't drive towards what we're trying to achieve and what we have gotten approval from the investment board or whatever forum approves a project so it really should help drive uh, prioritization of user stories and features uh, in the implementation regardless of whether you're the one preparing the business case and calculating the ROI and Um, yeah, discussing with senior leadership about um, can we get funding for this uh, initiative, right? But if you're also interested in that, then you also go through that in the chapter to see how to go about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would say it's always good to know what's kind of going on (laughs) at some level. Um, So recently, you're actually the first guest that I'm doing this. I'm kind of opening it up to you to talk about anything you would like to um, whether you have a new book coming out. Um, I don't know. I'm interested to know if you are, or if there's um, an event that you want to talk about that's coming up, but the floor oh. is yours, Christian.
1: Thank you so much. I think uh, first off my, my wife would kill me if I told her I have another book uh, that I want to write. Uh, Cause that was uh, seven months <laughs> with uh, some extra hours and she really do- did a lot and was very supporting. Uh, so I, uh, no, no new book uh, coming up at the moment, although many ideas for what, what could be. Um, yeah, what else? So I, I, perhaps I just want to say, so as I mentioned, there are four chapters um, that talk about the common issues you may encounter uh, in different phases of your implementation or program. Uh, and much of that content is available on sf-end2end.com. Uh, which is essentially a help center for Salesforce implementations. So you can see the different common issues uh, related to the different phases. And then you can see the proposed strategies for mitigation and prevention. So that's freely available to anyone who is uh, struggling in their uh, project. Um, So maybe that's one thing I want to want to highlight. yeah what what else do i have going on um i am doing um together with uh, francis pindar last Mellonquist and ines garcia a uh, a webinar series um about um the state of salesforce implementations so after the summer we'll be uh, we'll be having a series uh, i believe we're up at seven or eight um Webinars we'll be having about different topics uh, and domains related to Salesforce implementations. Uh, So more on that to come.
0: To your point about the website, I totally forgot about it. So thanks for bringing that up. I'll put that link in the the YouTube description as well as uh, the comments on LinkedIn. But uh, yeah, having a help having a place to go as you're reading through the book and or after, I think was genius move on your part Um, and it's uh, built on experience yeah. site. So for people who are curious about that, uh, using Salesforce to, um, have a help center is really cool.
1: Absolutely. And open to feedback uh, and suggestions because all of the good stuff that could come from there will be part of the second, uh, what do you call it? Second edition, but that's for in a couple of years <laughs> again. Yeah.
0: Christian, thanks for your time. Uh, I love, spo- I love talking to you. Uh, again, the book, you know, the name of your book is end to end implementation. So uh, I appreciate you, your willingness, and you can thank your wife as well, you know, obviously uh, putting up with all those long hours you did to serve the Salesforce community. It's been
1: a pleasure.